Support for this episode of Judaism Unbound comes from the Oshman family JCC in Palo Alto, California, whose vision is to be the architects of the Jewish future. The Oshman family JCC is an incubator for new expressions of Jewish identity. It creates innovative Jewish learning, celebrations, and arts programs that inspire personal connections to people and ideas from across the Jewish world. Learn more at www.paloaltojcc.org. This is a special bonus episode of Judaism Unbound, the Jewish Comics Anthology. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dan Liebenson. And I'm Lex Rothberg. And we are here today with a special midweek bonus because it's a very timely issue. The folks that we're going to be interviewing today are currently running a Kickstarter campaign. That's an online platform that allows groups to raise money to do something really interesting that they need some funding ahead of time to be able to do. Our guest today, Andy Stanley, who is the president and chief visual engineer of Alternative History Comics, and Stephen Bergson, who is the editor of a book called The Jewish Comics Anthology, Volume 1, and is the prospective editor of a book called Psy, The Jewish Comics Anthology, Volume 2, which is going to be taking Jewish stories and giving them a sci-fi flavor. They have put together a Kickstarter campaign to raise money to put out volume two of the Jewish Comics Anthology. And I have to say that I'm a backer of this project. We're really excited about seeing this book and reading this book. And we're really hoping to uh, get some of our listeners excited about the project and also do a deep dive into why Jewish comics and Jewish science fiction is something worth doing. I should note that as we're posting this episode in mid-November, there's about a month left on the Kickstarter campaign, and they're probably somewhere between a third and a halfway there. So this episode is uh, really timely, and um, if you want to get your hands on the book, hopefully you'll be able to support them. And there's actually some ways that you can subscribe to this Kickstarter and actually get volume one as well, which is extremely hard to find. So we're going to have information about the Kickstarter campaign in the show notes for this episode. We urge our listeners to go check it out. Those of you who, like me, love science fiction and comics, we hope that you'll become backers of this project. So we're really excited today to welcome Andy Stanley and Stephen Bergson. Andy and Steve, welcome to Judaism Unbound. It's great to have you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Great. Well, we're really excited to have you on because it just so happens that we're about to start a series of episodes where we're exploring people who are not professional Jews or Jewish professionals who are going out and and creating interesting Jewish creations. We were thinking along the lines of new organizations and new communities, but when we came across your Kickstarter where you were uh, putting together the funding to launch volume two of the Jewish comics anthology, we were really excited uh, both because we're fans of of comics and Jewish comics, but uh, also just because we thought this was another great example of the kinds of things that regular Jews go out and do. So what we wanted to find out uh, just to get started was a little bit about this project and especially this being volume two of the anthology. If you could tell us a little bit about volume one and then what what is uh, what do you have in store for volume two? I've been kind of collecting Jewish stories, usually comic book length or graphic novel length in, in comics form for some time. Um, and I noticed that there were a whole bunch of shorter stories. And I thought sometimes they were in obscure comics. And I thought if someone would just take these out and put them together, you'd have about half a book's worth. 
And then if we commission new stories just like these, that would be a whole book. And maybe someone would want to publish it and other people would want to buy it. So I'd been tossing around the idea and suggesting it to people for years until I finally came across Andy Stanley. And when I pitched it to him, he said, yeah, let's go and do this book. And it got realized. And now we're into the second volume. Volume two is, uh, like Stephen said, the first volume was uh, half reprinted of old stories. Um, and there were reprints from uh, Marvel Comics, from DC Comics. There's a story edited by Stan Lee, uh, Will Eisner, Art Spiegelman, all the, all the massive big names uh, helped contribute to volume one. So it's part reprints, part new material. Volume two is all new, all original stories. Uh, so there'll be 18 stories, and I don't have to explain why the number 18 is <laughs> is uh, significant. <laughs> and what we're doing is it's the same premise. They're short stories. They're all based on you know what I call the ancient folk tales, myths, legends uh, from Hebrew culture. But the twist is we are uh, reimagining them as sci-fi stories. So all these ancient fables and even some small lines in the Torah that give a hint of a larger story that it was just never told. We're actually having our authors tell these stories as, as robust things, but putting them in a sci-fi setting. And what's your thought process of doing that in the sci-fi setting? Like what was, how did that, first of all, like how did that idea come about? And second of all, sort of what is it about? What are you trying to achieve by doing it that way? One of the, I mean, one of the main things is exploring a way of Jewish storytelling that isn't normally done. Uh, you don't see a lot of Jewish sci-fi, especially a collection of short stories uh, uh, like this, completely original work. And I mean, that was one of the main considerations for me as a publisher is you don't want to just give the same thing. What is it that people haven't seen before? But also in, in exploring this and doing this exercise, we're able to take these stories and, and really update them and put them into different characters' hands and see what it is that comes out. Uh, exploring different ideas, modern interpretations of certain rules and laws, and what would that look like in the future? So what would certain, you know, for example, Passover kosher laws, uh, how would that work on a moon base on a ship when you may not have access to, uh, you know, to certain kosher foods? How about the uh, character who, uh, uh, in the Torah, um, the nursing father who suddenly sprang forth, you know, milk from his own bosom to feed a child. What is that like, not just in contemporary society, when we're talking about all the uh, uh, trans and LGBTQ um, uh, movements that are happening and equality rights all across the world, but what's that like in the future as well? I know, I, I definitely know that Dan and I have a million and a half follow-ups about the comics anthology in particular, but before we delve deep in, can you give us a little bit about your own Jewish backgrounds and how you live your Jewish lives today? I think I see my Jewish identity in three parts. Uh, the one part is my personal family life. I'm the father of twin boys, and when I come home, depending on what time of year it is and what, the, what circumstances are going on in my life, uh, like if somebody dies and I'm going to sit Shiva or if there's a Jewish holiday, then I'll participate in the rituals. I'll, I'll share the traditions with my family. Uh, then there's my nine to five, five days a week uh, day job where I'm working for United Jewish Appeal, one of the biggest, if not the biggest Jewish charity in Canada. And even though I'm just doing basically data processing, being part of that community and helping that community, you can't help but feel 
connected to the local Jewish world. And then the third part is my being a Jewish comics ambassador, where I'm trying to promote Jewish graphic novels, both to the comics world and to the Jewish world, which may not think that highly of comics and graphic novels. The, I mean, I throw around the word culture a lot, which is, and it's something that one of the uh, artists themselves identified themselves as. They called themselves a cultural Jew. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up in St. Catharines, uh, which was a small city in uh, southern Ontario. And so that was where the, uh, so that's, we only had two temples. One of them was continuously attacked by uh, neo-Nazis in the 80s. So we, you know, the Judaism always kept a low profile in that particular city. And um, my father was the president of the temple. We went to services every Friday night, went to Hebrew school. But most of my family, my uncles and aunts and cousins lived in Toronto. And when we would drive to Toronto for, you know, Hanukkah parties, Passover, all the high holidays, it was such a different vibe that I was able to experience that people were not keeping a low profile you know, shuttling into services and then going home. You know, the Jewish community in Toronto is so large and so vibrant, and and a lot of other cities, Montreal, New York. Um, it was really, you know, it was really a celebration of community and culture, and that's something that uh, you know, as I got older, I started to really identify with. Personally, my wife is Catholic, but we raise our kids uh, identifying with both. They perform the rituals from both cultures. They enjoy uh, the different holidays. They observe all the respective traditions of both sides. I'm curious because we're, we're in a moment, at least as far as I can tell, and the two of you would know much more than I about this, but it seems like largely due to movies that have come out um, that comic books and comic book characters are experiencing a major kind of renaissance. And I'm I'm wondering because I've 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 read little hints of pieces here and there talking about like the Jewish parts of that Renaissance and what makes these I mean there's some obvious examples of you know you can point to characters even villains that are that are Jewish in some of these in some of these stories but um, there seems to be um, especially in the list you just named off you know rattled off Eisner Spiegelman like it's not very difficult to name Jewish comic book writers and I'm curious if if you, from your vantage point, there's something to that, that there's something to this, this medium that seems to be something that Jews or Judaism can easily be latched onto. You know, an argument can be made that part of the reason why there were successful uh, Jewish cartoonists and Jewish writers in the comic book business is because they knew how to tell stories without being too overt about their Jewish background. But then a generation or two, uh, it shifted later where, People like Spiegelman could say, I'm comfortable telling a Holocaust story. Uh, or Trina Robbins, I'm comfortable talking about uh, the, triangle, um, the Triangle Fire that uh, she, ha she had a personal connection to. And so it's not just about being in, in the business now. It's also about telling your stories or telling stories that come from your culture. There's definitely sort of a turn of the tide. Um, you know, Jews have always been great storytellers. And... And yeah, they've definitely done it in such a way that they're able to tell Jewish stories without being, without faith-based messaging or, or religious uh, understanding of it. And that's one of the goals of, of Psy, the Jewish Comics Anthology Volume 2 as well, is that, you know, I like to say it's based, the stories are based on Hebrew culture. It's uh, their cultural tales. There's no preaching. There's no religion. 
So you don't have to have any preconceived notions or understanding of Jewish faith, uh, you know, to enjoy these stories. Can you give us, you know, no spoilers, of course, but is there, uh, can you give us a little bit of a window into some of the stories and what, like, without telling, you know, the full story, what some examples are of how the Hebrew culture blends with the comic medium? There's one which sometimes is called the little old house, or uh, it could always be worse, where somebody who's trying to make a situation better goes for advice from someone who finds little ways of making the situation worse and worse and worse until finally the, the answer to his problem is get rid of all the stuff that we told you to get in the first place. So it, the traditional tale is, you know, he uh, takes place in a little shuttle, a, a little village. So take, take the chickens in, inside, take the turkeys inside, take the cow inside and the horse until there's so much chaos in the house. Then in the end, the rabbi says, now take all the animals back outside. And it's such a relief not to have all this chaos in the house anymore. But he's, all he's done is gone, it's circular. He's gone back to the way things were before. But he has a different perspective on it. And so how does that get translated in the sci-fi version? Uh, that was one of the ones that's more a, uh, a straightforward uh, sci-fi interpretation where, um, you know, instead of just a farmer, it, um, it's a zookeeper of exotic alien animals. Um, and I mean, it's just as simple as that, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, even ones like um, uh, Story of the Climb, uh, which is about an old man who watches from his window as the as boys are trying to climb uh, they're trying to climb a pole uh, that's up against another large building that's uninhabited, and all the boys keep falling, 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 except one finally makes it to the top, and the old man says, um, you know, how come everyone else failed where you were able to make it to the top? And the story was everyone kept looking down to see how far they've climbed and fell back, but I was the only one that looked up and concentrated on where I was going. Um, and, I mean, that's a message that's in – you know, that's in all of our, uh, uh, all of you know, a lot of our stories and texts uh, in Jewish culture, but that's something that's also shared by everybody. So it's definitely something that's, uh, um, you know, that's connected to. The way that we're sci-fiing it is uh, we're kind of uh, building in a little bit of uh, this takes place thousands of years in the future. So the buildings are actually old ships that have crossed, crashed on a planet, um, and the climb has become somewhat of a ritual for the uh, community to get to the top because nobody's ever made it to the, the top of the tallest ship. Is there like a mission? Is there like a deep desire that you have in these? And no is a perfectly acceptable answer. It can also just be that it's worthwhile to tell good stories. But um, it, would you, is there a particular shift you'd love to see in the Jewish world towards like an embrace of comics or of art in a different way or or vice versa is there is there a sh shift you'd like to see in the world of comics where there's more of an interest in culture or, or or religious traditions um is there is there some need out there that you're looking to fill with these kinds of with with these comics you know just speaking from my perspective and and as a publisher i see that shift happening in you know in, in public schools and regular schools we sell a lot of books to libraries uh, school programs university courses 
I personally don't see um, now. Stephen can can correct me if I'm wrong um, because he's in on the uh, uh, synagogue libraries and library system. I don't see a lot of comic book or graphic novels being accepted as educational or teaching tools for students and youth. That could be wrong, um, but I'd love to. I'd love to see more. I've seen it in my years. You know, I've I've been um, involved in the Association of Jewish Libraries for about twenty years. And I've seen a change. I've seen where it was kind of unusual for libraries and libra library collections and for librarians to be interested in uh, graphic books. And it's gotten more respect. And I've met with colleagues who are also interested in uh, expanding their graphic novel collections. I, I try to see myself as a bit of a Jewish comics ambassador, and that works two ways. I try to represent the Jewish content and promote the Jewish content to the larger comics world, but I also try to represent comics to the larger Jewish reading public. And it, it's been a bit of an uphill climb, but I think, you know, just looking at the success of the first Kirk Kickstarter and, and looking at um, how they discuss graphic novels in publications by the Jewish Book Council. And there have been Jewish graphic novels that have won awards, like uh, Barry Deutsch's Yearville won a Sidney Taylor Award some years back. Well, yeah. not to mention uh, Art Spiegelman's Mouse that won the Pulitzer Prize. Right. I, when I was a freshman in high school, I was assigned Mouse. And it was mind-blowing for me on a number of levels. I, I felt like I was cheating in school, truthfully. Like, I felt like, like, obviously the teacher assigned it to me, so they, they knew. But, like, I was like, my homework is to read, a, a, I mean, I, I know it's a graphic novel, but I would have probably said at the time, my, my homework is to read a comic strip? Like, that. that's... I, I, do they know that I'm doing this? Like th that's school. Um, and and but then when I actually read the book, and even within the first few pages, you get a sense it's it's deep and there's a lot going on. And then my Jewish pride button started to get pushed because I was one of the only Jewish kids in my school. This was not assigned to me at like a Jewish day school. I was the only, or maybe I was probably the only Jewish kid in this particular class. There were only four or five in my entire grade. And having conversations with my friends where they were super stoked to read this book all about Judaism, um, largely because it was a graphic novel and they felt like me, that they were cheating. It was an incredibly cool experience. Um, so I I'm glad you brought up Art Spiegelman because that's had an important role in my life. I hope, I hope so, yeah. And, and like you said about your friends being interested in, uh, in reading the book as well. I mean, that's also, you know, one of a great goal to reach as well is to get more people you know, reading these stories, um, you know, that wouldn't normally pick it up. Uh, people who aren't Jewish themselves or don't have uh, the insight into the Jewish history and the culture who might be, who might be interested in, in, you know, in reading some of these great stories and, and learning a little bit more and doing it in such a way that's, uh, that's you know, like you said, it's, it's deep. You know, I mean, the stories aren't comic book either. There's no superheroes. There's no flying capes. There's no uh, special powers. Um, and so it's like a great introduction, not just to uh, cultural stories, uh, but to graphic novels as well. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that a little bit further, both I think on the comics dimension and on the, the sci-fi dimension, because uh, as I was preparing for this interview, I kind of went over to my bookshelf and I'm actually a pretty big sci-fi fan and a pretty big comics fan. And I, you know, pulled off the the Jewish sci-fi books from my shelf, and it was actually quite a very small collection. They basically fit in in this in one hand, and um, 
the Jewish comics uh, part of my library is larger, but the Jewish sci-fi part of that is pretty much limited to uh, to Douglas Rushkoff's Testament books. And so I'm curious about your thoughts on both the art form of comics and what does it sort of contribute that's different from the other genres of Jewish literature that might be out there? Like, what do you think that comics can achieve that other forms of of books uh, can't? And I guess I, I wanted to float another thought by you and see what you thought about it, which was that to create a Jewish science fiction movie, right, would cost hundreds of millions of dollars, most likely, or a hundred million dollars, and it would probably never happen. Uh, wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get the funding, and yet here you are with a Kickstarter trying to raise only forty thousand dollars, which is a lot, but it's nothing like a hundred million dollars, and you're going to be able to produce this incredible book at the end of it. And I should note that I I'm a backer at fifty dollars. Uh, I think that's fifty dollars Canadian actually, and you actually get both volumes of the book. So I, I think it's so cool that you know for a relatively modest price, you can buy these two incredible books. And then for a relatively modest total sum, you're able to produce something that's actually, you know, not quite a Jewish sci-fi movie, but not that far in many ways. And so I'm curious, like, if that's part of your thinking as well, or how you just sort of think of the whole project and and what it's all about for you. That is a heavy question. (laughs) That's our specialty. My thoughts, just as the publisher, is just to create a fantastic collection that I hope people will want to read. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the long and short of it for me. I'm hopeful that it's, uh, you know, this can kind of act as a way for, you know, uh, parents. Uh, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm 40 myself. I've got two young kids. Uh, I mean, I love reading comics and graphic novels. Um, sometimes I read things that, oh, my God, I kind of want to learn more about that. You know, and then I'll go research, I'll go on the internet, or I'll go to the library. And that's a way for me to kind of introduce myself into more information and culture. And so this is, and I mean, not just Judaism in general, but just in the average society, comics and graphic novels are a great way to introduce people, young and old, to little snippets, to little vignettes of certain moments or certain parts of a history or a culture. Uh, so hopefully they, they'll read these little snippets, these little short stories in this book and say, you know, I want to learn more. But I think there's also this element, like I, I'm thinking of uh, the science fiction book Hyperion, and there's a chapter there that takes place on like a Jewish planet. And all many of my Jewish friends who are sci-fi fans, you know, they're so excited to read the chapter in Hyperion that has to do with the Jewish planet. And there's sort of so little uh, Jews in space. And, um, you know, I think it's really interesting to find these these ways to um, give Jewish kids and frankly, Jewish adults, right, that experience of like, how does Judaism connect with the future that we're going into and not just, you know, not just like tearing our hair out over will the Jews be continuing in the future or whatever, but no, actually, like, let's explore, like, what would it look like if uh, Judaism encountered artificial intelligence? You know, what would it look like if uh, Judaism was trying to exist on another planet, like you said, with all of the the differences that there might be? And, and, I, and I think that, right, it's really challenging to achieve that in um, in long form novels or in movies because they're so they require such a uh, an expense and such an amount of time to put in with maybe not as large of a market 
Uh, and it's so interesting. To, it feels to me like you've hit upon a, a way of squaring that circle to some extent and really contributing something that I think people are going to enjoy a lot and that I think also has the potential to provoke a lot of interesting and important thinking in the Jewish community about, you know, well, what should this really our podcast is about, you know, well, if we're going into the Jewish future, like what should we be thinking about? You know, not not just like what are we thinking about, but what should we be thinking about? Two of the stories we have are going to be dealing with artificial intelligence. For example, one of the stories um, is about a uh, is about a school teacher who has somehow through uh, in the original idea is about through uh, through prayer and technology together. She's able to create souls. What are the implications of that? And that's definitely something that's going to be explored in the story is how would that how would that be approached, you know, by the Jewish people, by the congregation and even, you know, dare we say, you know, by God himself. There is another story that involves it's called Babel. So the story Babel is about artificial intelligence itself has found a way to program souls into being. What are the implications of that? Um, And that story is going to be both really interesting, really thought-provoking, but also fun um, because it's sort of your uh, Captain Deckard, trench-coated, grizzled veteran detective um, uh, who's on the force, who's investigating this. So it's got some great Blade Runner vibes, you know, but also really connected to uh, to some really thought-provoking uh, religious philosophy. So can we talk a little bit about your using uh, Kickstarter to fund this project? Because I think that Kickstarter may be something that our listeners are not uh, totally familiar with. And I think it's really fascinating how you're going forward with this interesting Jewish project, right? And you're not out there seeking a grant from a foundation and you're not out there uh, trying to get members. You're, you're using this this crowdfunding vehicle. And I'm, and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you came upon the idea of doing that, how it went with the first uh, volume, and, and just how the whole thing works in terms of you're your trying to run a business that's basically based on this notion of, of getting the potential consumers to fund the business before they've received the product. It's definitely really interesting. Um, you know, I mean, and Kickstarter as a platform originally started as a way for uh, sort of inventors and a lot of technology uh, projects to be done. People can post videos of their work in progress, but it really took on a life of its own when uh, graphic novels and films and creative projects uh, started to come, started to come into being. So for volume one, I was very excited to give it a try. And it was great to see that it was uh, successful. Um, we were able to raise over 54,000 Canadian for the project. Uh, which is which was fantastic, and I mean it's important to note that the, the numbers sound high, but every single dollar goes to the authors, to the artists, and to print the first run of the books, and all the rewards that the uh, the people get for uh, that get for pledging to the campaign, and it gets the community, it gets a large amount of people involved in the in in creating and being able to make this project. Um, and that's one of the great things about doing projects like this, like the Jewish Comics Anthology, like the Indigenous Comics Collection, which we did, which were also successful Kickstarter campaigns. These projects that are about Judaism is a culture of community. It's a culture of 
history. And so getting people together uh, to help support this project is what Kickstarter is all about. Well, thanks to both of you for coming on. This has been a great conversation, um, and I'd encourage folks to go and contribute so that the second one becomes a reality soon. Thank, Thank you. you very much. We want to encourage all of you out there to go and check out this anthology and to help make it happen. And uh, as a reminder, you can do that on Kickstarter. Um, you can go to Kickstarter and search Psy Jewish Comics if you'd like, Psy SCI, or you can just type in JewishComicsAnthology.com. Uh, and you'll get redirected to the Kickstarter page. So definitely go ahead and do that. We want to close out this bonus episode by encouraging all of you to be in touch with us, Dan and Lex. And there are a few ways for you to do that. First, you can head to our Facebook page, Judaism Unbound. Second, you can check out our website, JudaismUnbound.com. And last but not least, you can always hit us up via email at Dan at JudaismUnbound.com or Lex at JudaismUnbound.com. The last plug we like to make is that you can always support us with a financial donation, either on a monthly recurring basis or just one time. And you can do either of those at judaismunbound.com donate. Thanks so much for listening. And with that, this has been Judaism Unbound.